1: we're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world.
0: So let's get started. Becky, what's happening?
1: We are so delighted to have back in the house today, Floyd Jones. He's the Community and Partnerships Director at Give Butter. Welcome back to the podcast, Joe. We are ready to get activated.
2: My people. Uh, I was sitting here and I was like, I need my own theme song. Like, y'all have a theme song? And I'm like, we got to work that out. So maybe your people can call my people.
1: Does everybody know like that Floyd is this amazing international singer, <sighs> sings with, ah, Kurt Franklin, like with Kirk Franklin. Like you're amazing. So yes, totally. But we've you know we kind of dove in in our first episode about how do you develop strategy. How are you developing the narrative and the storytelling arc that's going to go along with your fundraising strategy? And today we are here to talk about activation. And get ready, y'all, because we want to take your fundraising strategy and we want to build it into a movement and we can't do that without community and we brought the guy who knows all about it to the podcast.
2: Yeah, I'm so excited. Let's get into this.
0: I mean, the way you kind of approach your work, Floyd, is like you don't just talk about this stuff, you like live it out, you know, and we know this from being your friends in real life too is that community is just the DNA of how you show up in this life. And so I love your lens about how community can fuel everything good that we're doing in our nonprofit work too. So you talked a lot about that with the fundraising strategy piece in our last episode, but I want to talk today from the lens of how does community fit into movement building, really getting people activated? What's the importance there? Lead us in.
2: I mean, I honestly think that it really fuels everything that you do. I know that community fuels everything that I do. But because I, I said this before, but you're not building just for people, you're building with people, right? Your organization okay. is a catalyst and a bridge, as we talked about, uh, but it really is a catalyst to, to shaping The new world—it's a catalyst for shaping a new reality, right? But you can't build this reality on your own. You have to build it with other believers. Ain't that what you always say, John? Build for believers. I took that. (laughs) I have to say, he didn't (laughs) trademark it, so that's what I mean. Add that to my repertoire. But you have to build for (laughs) believers, right? And people who believe in what you're doing are going to come alongside you. I. If you love your favorite band, what are you gonna do when you love your favorite band? You're gonna share that band. You're gonna say you gotta check out this band. You're gonna buy tickets to that band. You're not gonna go by yourself. Oftentimes, I'm you're gonna bring a, You're bringing all a T-shirt, all of it, all of Let's go. it. Let's right? Go. Hands so, people, when you believe in something, you're bringing other believers along with you right? And that is why community is essential and community is core. We had too many people in this world just shouting in an echo chamber, just shouting, hoping for somebody to hear them. Mm -mm. I decided that I'm not shouting no more. When I want to change the world, I'm going to whisper into somebody's ear. Because guess what? When I whisper and they can hear me, they're going to pass that on. And guess what? When they pass that on, we're all going to go together. And that is what you need.
1: Okay, Floyd, I mean, you've clearly brought the hype and the energy for this because we really want people to stop looking at their organizations like as a cadre of donors. We want to build these resurged organizations and missions that are filled with believers because they're going to bring so much more to the table than just – you know, that financial gift. So when we talk about like, you know, we have this love for employee giving back at our old healthcare organization. And we literally saw through our employee giving campaign, this movement that evolved when we centered community around it and belonging and passion. And when we were not talking about the financial goal that was before us, we were asking questions like, Hey, what's important to you? And talk to us about how that makes you feel and what's your story through that. So when you think about, building organic community, a belonging. Tell us some of the nuances or some of the the tips, tricks, like what are the habits you've seen around building authentic community that our nonprofit listeners and our fundraisers can glean from today?
2: Great question, Becky. Uh, One of the things that I'm thinking a lot about is understanding what the context of the community is, right? So for example, we talked a lot about fundraising strategy in our last uh, session. Uh, but community was still at the core of that. That community's focus, though, was on fundraising. And I think that that is a really important thing that I want everyone to understand. Not all communities are built the same. However, all communities have one thing in common, and that is they have a unified mission and a purpose. A lot of people talk about community, but remember, community is just a thing. A, you're facilitating a space where like-minded individuals come together to accomplish a goal. Right? Whenever you, you when, think about when you join a membership, or you join a community, or you join a club, all the people are in that space. If you join a gym. Everyone's at that gym not to – I mean, well, some people are at the gym for other purposes, but most people are at that gym because they want to get in shape, right? And so because you're saying, I want to get in shape or stay in shape, you're going to provide programming that helps them get in shape. You're going to provide discounts that help them get in shape. You're going to provide content that helps them get in shape, right? But you, the, the, the core thing is that everyone is in that space for a single purpose and a reason. So you have to ask yourself, what is the purpose and the reason for the community that I am trying to build, Right? Is it because you're working towards that grander mission? Is it because you want to build a fundraising program? One of the things for me was I created an endurance fundraising program. It was the first one I ever did, but I was like, you know, marathons make money. Like, let's figure this out. And one of the most beautiful things is (laughs) within a few years, that program, literally not even within one year, that program was bringing in over $80,000. But I said... Guess what? This was the organization, again, back to the organization we were providing free sports for kids. A majority of people who are involved with our organization like sports. So running, which is a deviation of that, right? But once you find what the core and the real purpose that you're working towards, everything should go towards that.
0: Uh. I mean, so good, because I think it just adds so much more color to your mission as everybody speaks into that, as everybody has a voice. And I think Becky lifted this last episode of just gathering those stories from the community is where it's at, you know, having that different lens. And so I want to talk about just how do we gather people? You know, how do we gather volunteers? Because we're talking to a lot of organizations that are small, you know, or we're scrappy that we don't just want to have volunteers. We need to have volunteers to make this thing work. So what are some advice, you know, some advice? Uh, tips that you have as you start to gather to mobilize these movements, whether it's through recruiting ambassadors or maybe just tapping family members, friends, give us
2: some advice. I love that you said the words get scrappy because I feel like so many people are afraid to do that, right? So many people say, I need volunteers and all and whatnot. And so I say, when you say show me volunteers or show me donors, I always ask, well, show me what's your outreach strategy. I work at one of the fastest growing companies in America. We're a multi million dollar organization. I'm a director in the overseas department, and I still build an outreach strategy whenever I'm launching anything. I don't care when I first started giving um, Give Butter Gives Back or when I first started the outreach program for Black Philanthropy Month at Give Butter, I uh, I go back to my database, I go back to my spreadsheets, I bring out my contacts, I knock on the doors. When we're getting ready to launch this year for Giving Tuesday, guess what? I'm going to be on the road. I'm going to be at conferences. I'm... Because guess what? Nothing can compete with FaceTime. Nothing can compete with FaceTime. If you're trying to build or mobilize a community or bring other people to you, they need to know you. They need to trust you. They need to like you. You need to be able to have emotional and social awareness, okay? I'm reading a book called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. If you have never read it, please pick it up because let me tell you, that book won't take your life, okay? But it's talking <laughs> about the, the, the only way to actually make a real impact is to be able to actually build relationships, Real impact starts with relationships, okay? And it is so incredibly important that you actually go deep with other people. That means actually getting out of your comfort zone and saying, what do you like? What do you dislike? Actually asking them, hey, I noticed that you were interested in my cause. Why were you interested in my cause? Hearing their story. And guess what? Building a community sometimes doesn't scale. And a lot of times we're thinking about what's the fastest thing to scale? How do we scale? How do we do X, Y, Z thing? But guess what? Going deep, It might not scale in the short term, but I promise you it is going to scale beyond your wildest dreams in the long term because you have that emotional and you have that relationship currency. You have that social currency with people, and that does not go away overnight. That is something that you take time to build and develop, and when people can know you and vouch for you, they're going to bring other like-minded people around towards you. That's how you're going to get your volunteers. That's how you're going to get your board members. That's how you're going to get your top donors. That's how you're going to get your greatest advocates is by going deep with your people.
1: Taking a quick moment to share more about our sponsor, GiveButter, the all-in-one nonprofit fundraising platform that's empowering millions of changemakers like you to raise more, pay less, and give better. Nonprofits use GiveButter to bring together multiple tools, including donation forms, fundraising campaigns, events, auctions, CRM, email marketing, text messaging, and more, all for free thanks to their 100% transparent tip or fee model. As the number one rated nonprofit software company on G2 across multiple categories, including donor management and auctions, GiveButter is on a mission to power the next billion changemakers. If you're a nonprofit, school, team, or any kind of group looking to raise money, sign up for your free GiveButter account to get started in minutes. Head to GiveButter.com to claim your free account today or follow the link in this episode's description. Okay. You are preaching to the choir on this. I mean, you are literally reflecting core value number two right back to us, which is play the long game. And y'all, there is no bigger long game than that of community building. And I want to I wanna lift something that was kind of bugging me in the last episode. I'm going to lift it up and get your all's thoughts on this. But when we think about building strategy, building community, building movements, and I think about it through the lens of the tiny nonprofit, like I just, we have such a Heart for the solo you know, founder or someone who's working on a shoestring budget with maybe one or two staff in their nonprofit. And I got this question a couple weeks ago when I was speaking in Atlanta from someone who said, you know what? I love what you're saying about community. I love what you're saying about storytelling, but I am one human being and I am trying to do all the things right now. How in the world can I do all the things? And I don't want anyone who's listening to to get overwhelmed by the fact that we're saying hey it's one to one it's planting and then bridging b- because this can be the ultimate slow game and the long play for you and this is what i want to say to you the one 100% use your volunteers. And this is what I said back to that person wherever you have gaps, you need to find someone who is very passionate about that gap. Is there a local marketer or a photographer or a videographer in your area who could help you with storytelling? You know, is there a tax accountant in your uh, community who can help you with your budget or something like that. It's really about how do you find more hands to help with this? But this concept of one-to-one has to be integral to your culture, and I want to just give it a lens through the We Are For Good network. When we started, like nobody knew who we were, you know, except for our moms, and so and what we were doing. But it was literally about someone would listen to a podcast and send us like a DM. And when you say Floyd, like I want to see you and I want to meet you, and it's all about relationships. You are a hundred percent right, and I don't want anyone to think that that has to be. Physical, Like you have to be physically in person with someone because the strongest relationships I have with We Are For Good have been built in my DMs. And so it's about getting comfortable and getting curious with people who are giving you engagement signals. Who is liking your post? Who's commenting on it? Who's buying a ticket through your website? Who gave to your last campaign? Who's actually showing up to an event? These are all engagement signals that all you have to do is just ask some questions. Tell us your story. Tell us how you found us. And I I just kind of wanted to create some space to dispel that myth that all you have to be doing all day long is just meeting people and hearing their stories. No, set some time aside for that very intentional side. And I can tell you it will compound because what we're seeing in the We Are For Good network is this person I met with two years ago, who is now a huge fan of the podcast, has brought 10 people in and they've told them why they love this podcast. The same could be said about your mission. Somebody out there loves your mission and wants to tell everybody in their world about it. We just need to find those individuals, empower them. And guys, I want to give you space to just talk about that, but it was feeling heavy on me and I wanted to address whatever I felt that elephant in the room was.
0: I mean, cause it honestly connects to what Floyd was saying in the last episode that we want to come into the community and like lock arms with other organizations, like not build all these mini kingdoms, but the world is so much better when we show up in an attitude of abundance, you know, that there is enough to go around and that I may know a funder that's a better fit for you than for me. Like yeah. that's the world we want to live in Heck and yeah. it only is going to work when we actually show up that way, you know? And so you're triggering a lots of thoughts of like experiences, but I've got to shout out some of the, we are for good community here because they have taught me so much about what it's like to show up as like a believer of your mission and why this matters so much more. But Floyd, you say with, not just for, I mean, this idea of with, you have to have an open hand of how it's going to look. You know, we could have many months ago set up and say, Hey, it would make a lot of business sense to start a book club because people would get on board with this. That was never our strategy. But we saw this bubble up from the community. And I got to shout out Jordana and Taylor and Natalie and Evan who saw a gap, who wanted to gather, who are shared like value, like-minded people in our community that they're like, hey, can we start a book club just to create more community, to create more collisions for good, to create more open space? And it is one of the most beautiful aspects of all of We Are For Good. And it was completely organic. You know, It's when we step out of it, They could step in and own, have more ownership. And to us, it's like this is what this is about, you know, and it feels so much more in alignment. So I'm like, how can we do more of that? You know, more open-handedness, know what our our vision is, but be open-handed to how it takes shape. Like that's a much healthier Mm -hmm. place to show up.
2: I love that. Y'all, this just that just centered me in so many different ways because I want to give people practical tips as well. Like if you're listening to this. One of the most fun things that I did, I created a junior board, and the first thing that I did, I said, you're the volunteer lead, and your their number one job was to find other volunteers and to help with recruitment for v- volunteers for our, for our programs. You know, it, I'm, I'm working with another organization right now that is an international organization, so they have people literally all around the world, from California to New Zealand, okay, like all over the place. Guess what I did? People love a good title, okay? You're the you're the new programs lead, you're the team lead lead, like you're the paperclip push. Like you gotta give people a title. But the thing is, <laughs> it's not just creating title out of nowhere, though. It's saying, hey, I wanna help you now have ownership. Just like the book club. The book club is gonna be something that's c- cemented within the fabric of your organization because it didn't stem from you. Y'all provided the space. You were facilitators, but you created a space for now greatness to take place, or for c- c- more good to take place, right? And now people in the in, in within your community feel ownership, and they're doing the work. And now it's going to be woven into the fabric of what you are doing, which is the most beautiful thing. When an organization or when a community can thrive and exist without you, that's when you know you've actually built yes. a true community. that's when you know it's been a true i say i you know i love this type of director of community but i was like if it is anything about me right then it's not real yes i can be i can be a cheerleader i can you know do the flashing lights i can show fireworks but the most beautiful things when people come on and they start having these engagements without me when they start saying when are we going to do this next thing when is this going to happen right like that is the true impact and that's what we should all be working towards
1: Preach it. I mean, the day that we are for good becomes the Becky and John show is the day I want to quit because it's not about us. It's about everything that's building underneath us. It's about the people, it's about the mosaic. And I like, I just want to pitch this to you, Floyd, because I feel like John kicked us off. Like, he gave us an example. Like, when was a time you were, you became the believer? for an organization and how did that manifest? And I'm like literally thinking of one for myself and I love the, we are for books example. Do you have one that's sticking out to you?
2: Um, I would say every organization that I've worked with, I feel like I dive deep and get really, really passionate about building that community. Um, Off the top of my head, I can think of, I'll give you an example of an organization that I think is doing a good job of this. One is Prospector Theater. I think I've given them an example before, but oh, I absolutely yeah, love, love the Prospector Theater because they, um, they always have this phrase of like sparkle on and I'm like, oh my God, like, here we go, sparkle <laughs> on. But not only that, they're sending us popcorn. They're calling me on the phone. They're sending me handwritten letters and we're actually diving deep in and really engaging. And it's like, guess what I do when I have an event coming up? We sell this popcorn. Oh, you're looking for a new recommendation for a snack? You gotta, you gotta check out their pop because they make their own popcorn in house too. And I'm like, this is so incredibly beautiful, powerful, and poignant because they've built something that people can feel, feel like they can be a part of, right? And I think that that is what sets a community apart.
1: I love that. I mean, I was literally just thinking, you know, I have such a heart for public education. I've got educators all around me and my family, but. You know, our faith-based community, our church like adopted um, like a Title IX school who the kids literally didn't have enough to eat. And this came about because my children wanted to pack, you know, spring break uh food bags for all of these kids with their backpack program. And the day I saw them light up at like this isn't enough food for them for an entire spring break like we eat more than this was when we went out and started augmenting the bags with other things that we wanted to give and then they wanted to start delivering them you know to the front door steps and then I wanted, I wanted to show up and pack them myself. When I took my sabbatical, um, I was like, that's the one volunteer thing I want to do is show up and pack these bags on Thursdays because I wasn't getting to do the produce because you can only do that on a certain day when they're actually <laughs> going to pick it up. And to see those kids, you know, their faces and their joy, like it just took me from being a donor to that and then to being a complete believer and wanting to show up in any way for these kids. And I'm telling you, friends, you have got rather fans like that out there in your midst who have not been tapped yet. And if you can find those really powerful ones who are willing to pour their story and their heart and soul into it, you got the beginnings of a movement building just underneath you.
2: I agree. I think another example I was going to say that just came to my head, I used to volunteer for an organization called A Musical Heart. Um, And we uh, were, it was a group of professional musicians who performed or or, um, presented music in hospice um, centers. So for patients who are at the end of life. And it was one of the most powerful music experiences of my life, like just being able to spend time with people in their final Hours of life. Um, and so, because of that, I would, anytime I would go anywhere, I would tell people about it. And I'd be like, you need to hear about a musical heart and recruit, you know, refer other musicians to the organization and in some way other different things to keep it going. And that's what happens. I think that's the difference between having a cause that someone cares about and then having a cause that somebody embodies, right? Yeah, like, it's, with, it's yes. within them. They live and breathe that. They want that thing to succeed. And I think that that is like, that's what you're really trying to work towards. Again, building for those believers.
0: Okay, my friend, you know, we're going to have to ask you some do this and not that. As we've been talking about activation, movement building this episode, what are some things you've seen? We're not shaming here, but what's some things that you've seen that could use some improvement and how's a better way to go about it?
2: I would say kind of similar to in the fundraising vein, but talk to one person. Don't try to talk to everybody, especially as you're beginning out. People have messages to so many different, um, you know, Customer segments and whatnot, and I don't, I don't want to use that term, I guess, donor segments, volunteer segments, but the, the same gist applies. Figure out who you are talking to, because if you're talking to everyone, you're actually not talking to anyone, right? And I've had to learn that time and time again. Be very clear and succinct, and the best way to figure out who you're talking to, figure out who do you already have right? Like who's already subscribed to your email list? Who's already following you on LinkedIn? Who's already following you online, right? And then begin to curate your messaging around those people. What do they care about? What do they want? What's on their head? What's on their heart? It's so incredibly important. So I would say speak to one person.
1: And can I add one on there too? I think we said this in the last one, but have one call to action. I mean, if you're not going to do one thing, build that community, have them do one thing. And maybe it's because we're centered on the one good thing here all the time. But when you can have one clear call to action, you're only asking them for one thing. They can either do it now or they can't do it, you know, or they'll make time for it later. But when we sometimes say, Make a gift and volunteer and buy a ticket and come follow us on social. I mean, it just gets a little disjointed. Let's keep it really singular and let's get them warmed up at the beginning. So that would be mine as well.
0: Okay. So we're at the end of the episode and you know, Floyd, we want you to bring it home with what's a one good
2: thing you would leave our community today as we round this out. One good thing. I would say the thing that comes to me is let community be at your core. Let community be at your core because there are so many other things that fuel us in this space. So many of us are just fighting to stay open. So many of us are fighting us for the next grant. Some many people are fighting for the next check, right? But let community be at your core. I said at the beginning, but connection and then the coin. Relationship and then the revenue, Right? All of those things, make people become your center because people are your power, right? I always say people are your partners, not your piggy banks, right? So focus on making those people to truly be your partners to lock arms with you. And that is how you make community your core.
1: And that is why we have Flojo on the podcast over and over again, because I really feel like, my friend, you truly embody this new way to live, work build, co-build together. It feels better this way. And guys, I just want you to know, you don't have to go at this alone. And so please, like, hang with us. Because if you're like, how in the world can we put this into practice? Don't you worry, because Floyd has hooked us up with the incredible Martise Sutton. We are going to be going into her story, and we're going to talk about it through the lens of developing the strategy, putting together your story, and then activating it for good. And so thank you, my friend, for coming in here, blowing the... The roof off the place yet again. We always have the best time when we learn from you and just soaking up all your great energy.
2: Y'all, I love you and I'm so grateful. I have one quick thing, but I was just looking at your title. We are for good, right? And the word we, right? If me, the M upside down is W, right? And it made me think about what community is. Community truly is Turning everything that is central to our culture upside down, right? It's countercultural. It's countercultural to be focused on your neighbor. But the reason why it's the most sustainable is because it's the thing that our soul needs the most. And so I want you all to know that this, this We Are for Good community is so incredibly intentional. And that is why we are seeing it be sustained. And if anybody could take anything away, flip it on its head. Whatever you think it is, flip it on its head. Because if you put people first, if you focus on we instead of me first, nothing will take you out.
1: Who's chopping onions over here? Huddles over here. (laughs) Thank you. And it supports what we've said forever, which is flip that donor pyramid upside down. Start with the base. You're going to find some believers in that base. And guess what? Those believers are going to fund all the way to the point and they're going to do it together and it feels better. So thank you for that. And they
0: surround it, they won't let you fail. You know, so I think that's the power of this conversation. So thank you so much for coming into this house and go check out Good Butter. If uh, you're listening and you need a platform, our friends have built an incredible thing. So thanks for sharing that with the community.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, fam.